welcome again to the Parenting is Heartwork podcast. I'm Dr. Scott Taransky, and I'm here with Elena Svetslot. She's from the Netherlands, and together we are hosting this podcast with the purpose of helping you understand more about how to use a heart-based approach to parenting in your everyday life. Today, we're going to zero in on some bedtime routines. Elena, welcome. I'm glad we can be working together here today. Hi, Dr. Scott. Hi, parents. We are very glad that you are listening to this uh, episode and to our podcast. We hope that you find it very useful in your parenting. Indeed, today we will be talking about bedtime routines in a bigger, um, in a bigger, under the bigger umbrella of the relationship uh, routines that we have been talking about, um, starting with the instructions routine and the break. Um, we would love to give you a uh, a deeper understanding on how to use these uh, routines and how to um, apply them with your children, so they, uh, so that you, you and your children make the best out of it. So, Dr. Scott, let's start by um, sharing uh, with parents. Uh, you have children and grandchildren. Um, when does a bedtime routine end? Please tell us. <laughs> you mean how old does it? Yeah. Have? Yes. Exactly. Oh, funny. I don't think of, uh, let's see, I often work with parents of teenagers who struggle with bedtimes. They text all night or they're playing video games until late in the night. I don't think it ends. I think uh, until our children are launched and they're adults and managing themselves well with work and, and uh, handling themselves well in the course with their own health and so on, I think we're continuing to work with the subject of bedtime. So I would suggest it goes all the way through childhood that we are working with children to try to help them be uh, able to manage this area of their health. Yeah. And, you know, I fully agree with you. I think we have a hard, easier time as parents of younger children to put them to bed. Usually they stay there. <laughs> um, they stay there and they go to sleep. Um, and I work with parents of older children who indeed have a more challenging time. But we look at, um, you know, we will look at this um, from the perspective that the parents that are listening are aware of the instruction routine and are aware and are working with their children to teach them to give up um, some of their own um, desires and wishes and to start following instructions in the right way. And that parents who are listening are um, working with their children to build up character. I'm sure those who, those of you who have not heard of the instruction routine can, uh, and, uh, and the break can look back at the episode where you've discussed about this, but the fundamental um, point here is that routine uh, is establishing a new pattern that will, you know, will work towards changing the way a child responds to certain um, uh, challenges, a certain events in, in his or her life. So I can speak about a bedtime routine from the perspective of a, of a young child. And I know many parents um, uh, have older children that are struggling with. So Dr. Scott, let's start with looking at the bedtime routine um, for a bit old, older children, um, like those you have mentioned, some, what are some of the things that you have lately seen that are um, struggling for parents and for, ch for children of that age? Well, let's first of all recognize that things you've already talked about, instruction routine, break, positive conclusion, those routines that we establish with our children, those are primary patterns that children need that teach them so many things about handling uh, instruction or being flexible or developing obligation or, or being humble enough to receive correction. Those are fundamental. And on top of those, then we build these other routines 
like going to bed or getting up in the morning or how we handle getting up from the meal time or handling the bathroom or whatever. So these other routines then come in secondary. Now, when we're talking about a bedtime routine, we have to ask the question, what are we trying to accomplish? And maybe we're talking about health, but I think most of the time we're talking about some form of character. With young children who are four or five years old, we're trying to help them develop independence. That is the ability to uh, go to sleep on their own. You know, sometimes children come up and get out of bed over and over and over again. We want them to be able to put themselves to sleep once we tuck them in and say goodnight. With older children, we're often trying to develop the ability to live within limits. Living within limits is uh, like handling disappointment, uh, being able to have self-control, because many times young people try to go outside the limits in order to find their, um, their pleasure or find their identity. And so when a young person is texting in the middle of the night, they're not applying a limit to their life in an appropriate way. And so parents come along and we say, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn the internet off at night. Are you going to park your cell phone at 9 p.m.? Or, or you're going to um, have to uh, have lights out at a certain time rather than allowing children to manage something they can't handle. Now, if a child obviously can handle that, then we may allow them to do that. But the point is many children can't handle those things. So we come along and support them. We help them with solutions that they're going to need in order to move forward. So thinking in terms, first of all, the character quality you're trying to develop in the child. Once we have that in mind, then we have to ask the question, what is it that we're going to do here in the area of rules or, or restrictions or something like that in order to make it happen? Uh, some children have a hard time going to sleep at night, but um, sometimes that's because they're so engaged in, in video gaming until a certain time, they just can't go to sleep. So we're going to adjust life for them so that they can develop a good evening routine and, and go to bed. So I would suggest that's where we're going to start. Identify what are we trying to accomplish here by setting up these guidelines or limits. It's usually going to be some form of character quality, not just some form of relief for the parents so we can have some free time. Yes. And once we have established those character qualities, what we want to do as parents is immediately think of ourselves as coaches or um, positioning ourselves in such a way that we want our children to understand that we want to help them and we want our children to understand what exactly and how exactly we want to proceed and how, you know, the, the, the route we want to take to get there. And I want to stress that uh, this is something we have actually discussed in previous episodes about how to, together, I want to make sure that once this is, uh, this expectation of this character quality is being um, clear for parents, it's important how we share that with our children. It's important that we either have a small meeting with them or we um, share it with them in, in passing. But we want to make sure that we share with them that this is something that cannot continue, you know, whether it's them being awake at night or whether it's them coming out of the bed many times. And we want to help them um, see that there is a solution that's going to um, start being implemented and they are together with us in the center of attention. I think, the, you know, what's important for parents to realize is that they are going to walk alongside their children to help them change. We as parents, and I um, have experienced this a lot of times, sometimes have the expectation that parents, that children should know what was the right thing to do and they should do it because, you know, we think that's the right thing to do and they should be doing it. And I think many times our children 
for different from various reasons don't see the same way they have their own beliefs they have their own own, own belief system by which they are um, act, act, acting so you know explaining our children the why the how is going to be very important for parents um dr scott i know you have worked with a lot of parents and you yourself are a parent and a grandparent so probably you you can help us also think a bit more deeper and uh, refine this idea about how you know being a coach is so fundamental to the success of this change in our children when we think about coaching we think about um a relationship that the parent has with the child that's the kind of coaching relationship we also think about practice sessions we also think about focusing on a goal and training all of those are coaching related words if you're trying to get a four-year-old to go to sleep at night that is there are two problems at bedtime one problem is the one where the child continually gets out of bed uh after you've put them in bed and the other problem is they're having trouble sleeping at night and when they wake up they want to uh, come into your room or something like that let's take those two problems independently. If we're going to teach a child to stay in bed at night, I'm going to give you a very clear prescription that I would suggest you use with your child that will cut down on a lot of the drama and, and develop the independence in the child that you're looking for. One, I would say that the parent needs to have a good routine in the evening to get the child into bed, usually getting pajamas on and the three bathroom things done and, and getting snack, all those things that need to be done first and then read a story separates those things from the actual bedtime that would be good but when it's time for the child to get into bed i would suggest that the parent go in and, and comfort them and sing to them pray with them you know have a special time because bedtimes are so important in a person's heart and life but then it's important to say okay um, good night and you leave the room turn off the light and leave the room and when you do then you're expecting that child to stay in bed now uh, I would suggest that in, when children are having a hard time with that, you're going to probably want to sit in the doorway for a few minutes until that child falls asleep. And while you're sitting in the doorway, you do not have engage in conversation with the child. The child is going to try to bait you in the conversation by talk, wanting to talk about whatever or wanting something. And basically, you have one sentence. This is what I tell parents. You have one sentence that you can use with your child. Only one. You can use it as many times as you need to, but only one sentence. And that is the same sentence. You want the child to say to himself, which is this, it's time for bed. You need to lie quietly. It's time for bed. You need to lie quietly. That's what you're saying over and over again to help a child um, stay there. Now, if a child starts to get out of bed, you're going to go back, put them into bed and make your one statement. It's time for bed. You need to lie quietly. But you're not going to be somewhere else in the house and the child's up playing with toys with the light on. Okay, we can't wait that long. We need a pretty tight action point in order to train children to develop this self-control, this ability to uh, put themselves to bed. Now, once you do that for a couple of weeks and children are getting the understanding, then you can move outside the bedroom door. You can listen to a monitor or something, but you want to be quickly there. If the child's um, starting to do something different, you want to be able to catch them quickly so that you can teach them that we're going to sleep now. You can't tell a child go to sleep because you, know, you can't obey that quality, that command. But you can lie quietly, and that's what happens when, when you do lie quietly, then a child tends to fall asleep. So we're teaching them that, what that looks like. So with some work, using a tight action point, that is the, the acting quickly when the child starts to get out of bed, and limiting the dialogue to the statement that the child needs to say to herself or himself, 
we can encourage and develop that independence or that responsibility that children need to uh, go to sleep on their own. So that's the first problem, this one that has to do with children getting up out of bed and using a, a, an approach that will help them uh, to limit that and develops more self-control. Mm. When, when we speak about um, young children, when is, a, when is in your experience a point where we should um, not necessarily become concerned, but if our children, you know, wake up multiple times at night or, um, you know, their, bed, their, their bedtime, their, their sleep is not as it should be, um, how should we look at that? Or how, you know, when is the point where we are not sure, you know, how to proceed further? Well, in the nighttime, when children wake up, the problem is generally that they wake up and don't know how to put themselves back to sleep. Mm. As adults, we wake up. Okay, mm. but we don't have somebody else put us back to sleep. We go and put ourselves to sleep. Okay, that's, children can learn that. But it's a little bit harder at night because parents are asleep themselves. And so they don't even realize it sometimes until the child's laying next to them, kicking them in bed. That's the problem. So what we want to do, as soon as we recognize that the child is awake and not putting themselves back to sleep, or the child's calling out from the other room, or, or standing in your doorway, or whatever they're doing, okay, you want to immediately, if you can, get up mm. and, and put them to bed gently. Okay, this is a time for comforting children, putting them to bed gently. And you're making your same statement, it's time for bed, you need to lie quietly. And you put them back to bed. You might rub their back again. You might stay in the room. Comforting children is an important quality that we do. And nighttime can be one of those times where we do that, especially if a child's having nightmares. You mm. might go in and hold a child and comfort them or lay down next to them. Uh, but the idea here is that we're trying to train a child to learn how to fall asleep on their own and then stay asleep at night. When they wake themselves up, they can put themselves back to sleep. They just need to know how. So we might put a cup of water nearby or mm. we might have a nightlight in the bathroom so that they um, can go to the bathroom if they'd like. But the goal here is to help children to be able to put themselves back to sleep. And it just takes time. You want to create the structure. Okay. We're talking about routines. So we're creating a structure. This is what the structure looks like. And when you've got it down, then you're working that structure over a period of time. And that's going to position you, so, you well. And it's going to maximize the ability for that child to kind of fit into the structure and to go to sleep on their own. Yeah, very, very sound advice there. And also including um, the fact that it, it can sometimes take a bit of, you know, a bit longer than uh, anticipated by parents, but it can be achieved and the children will learn to put themselves to bed. Now, when we speak about older children that are, um, that are having trouble with the bedtime routine, um, one of the big, one of the things that come to mind are electronics and the, their influence on, um, you know, uh, the ability to to go to bed. I know you have made, you have done a lot of sessions on the impact that electronics have on on children, on young children and young adults. Um, and I do recommend uh, our listeners to to go and have a look at those. But Dr. Scott, um, besides electronics. Um, what are, in your experience, the things that are most impactful for, for young teenagers um, um, when it comes to going to bed or having a healthy routine, bedtime routine? Well, I think that parents have to structure this. I think you have to tell a child, 
lights are out at a particular time. A child may not be able to go to sleep right away. Sometimes parents will say you can read for an hour. We're going to have, but then there's a certain time when lights are turned off so that the child can actually go to sleep. Uh, I think that the electronics are a major one that um, get in the way of this. We certainly can use electronics in a good way. I mean, with babies, we can use a sound machine, you know, that plays white noise for them, lullabies. I mean, that's a good use of electronics. When children are preschoolers, we can do the same thing with music if, if that's helpful for children as they're going to sleep. When children are in elementary age years, sometimes as they go into sleep, they can listen to Odyssey or audio books or something like that that, is, that are helpful for children to um, engage them a little bit before they go to bed, especially on a spiritual level. All those things are great for kids. Now, when you have, um, when you get a little bit older, children sometimes have a hard time because they get involved in watching YouTube videos and one just goes one after the other after mm. the other. And we have a, a huge problem then. So I think there has to be some guidelines for managing electronics in order for children to get a good night's sleep. And I don't think that generally comes from the teen himself or herself. Generally, parents need to step in and say, here are the guidelines, here are the regulations that we're going to establish. And what, what is the reason? Not just so parents can get a good night's sleep, but because we're trying to help children to uh, develop a, a more healthy lifestyle. We're trying to help them to be more self-disciplined in their lives. And a good night's sleep contributes to that. So very important for parents to take some leadership here. Yeah. And specifically when we speak about that, we, we, we mean, you know, by a certain time, your phone or your computer or whatever is, that's electronic should be turned off and or taken away or put someplace else. And if the child prefers or wants to lay in bed a bit longer and cannot fall asleep or, you know, at a certain time they can be reading or the Bible or, or another book. Um, that's what we mean by having stricter rules or, um, yeah, stricter rules when it comes to, to the specific guidelines of, of the bed uh, routine. How, Dr. Scott, how uh, does it work with children who, um, let's say they have um, an, an ADHD problem or have more energy that, uh, that they complain that, you know, they cannot go to bed so early? How would you advise parents who struggle with this kind of situation? Well, I, my experience is that children with ADHD don't usually have a trouble sleeping. <laughs> they, they're so wired during the day, they often sleep well. Mm. So I don't think that kind of a problem is going to present itself usually. I mean, every child's different, um, but uh, we're trying to um, provide uh, parents with tools that will help children of any kind. The idea here is that every child is unique and different. Mm. Sleep schedules vary uh, a lot with children. Usually we encourage children that are around 10 years old to be getting 10 hours of sleep at night. That's just our normal routine. You can Google different uh, recommendations for sleep, but some children need more or less than that, just as adults do. So what we want to do is we want to take into account the child's sleep needs and then tailor their routine around that. If we have a child who's spending a lot of time grumping, being grumpy and uh, um, having a hard time during the day, then we know we have a problem and we need to uh, maybe adjust the sleep schedule. I, I think that's an often a, uh, a good way to address some of the challenges that parents have. So um, we want to be looking at, at the differences children have, but mm. we also want to be giving them some very specific tools 
that will help them to be able to know how and when to work with their child and set some limits for them. Great, great. Thank you for that, Dr. Scott. Well, we've been looking today at routine, um, specifically bedtime routines, and we've troubleshoot some, we've troubleshooted some specifics when it comes to um, younger children, but also older children, the importance of um, establishing the instructions routine, um, the, the importance of, of establishing that children must um, start looking at uh, building character from a different perspective and parents as well, helping them look at their, uh, their habits or, or the way they're um, responding to, to instructions in a different way. So we will really encourage you parents to re, uh, listen to the uh, episodes we've recorded before on the instruction routine, on the break, on the importance of a heart-based approach to parenting. Um, we give a lot more details there also uh, at the coaching and how important that is when you are working with your children, especially on establishing routines, relation, relational routines that are really lasting and are helping build the right character in your children. Folks, I think that you might want some more information about this. Keep in mind that Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. And this is very true about bedtimes. We want to work hard and we want bedtimes to be peaceful, but sometimes the training is hard so that we can have this harvest of righteousness and peace that's provided that comes with the training. So keep that in mind as you're working with your children. If you'd like more information about our ministries, you can look at elenasvetslot.com or biblicalparenting.org. You'll find more information about uh, a heart-based approach, what it looks like in very specific ways for your children. So, so until next time, use a heart-based approach as you're working with your children. We'll look forward to seeing you again.